Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empower Up Podcast. My name is Byron Beasley. I'm a software engineer. We also have Steve Mian, who's a professional recruiter for the um, gaming industry. In the past, Steve and I have noticed a lot of the same pitfalls and mistakes being made by people looking to get into the industry, either newcomers or people looking to transition. And we like to help them avoid those mistakes if possible. And to do so, we bring in guests from around the industry so they can share their perspectives and insights on what it means to be a professional. And with that being said, we have a very special guest with us today. We have Michael Spicer, who is a composer and sound designer. So you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm a, so, well, I'm sort of all over the place as far as what I do on a day-to-day basis, but I'm, uh, I guess I would identify myself as a composer and sound designer. Uh, I live in Las Vegas. I'm originally from Canada. Um... I don't know how long you want the intro to be. <laughs> oh, as long but as it takes. As long as it takes. There, hey, that's it. That's that's the synopsis. <laughs> I also play saxophone. <laughs> yeah, so for a little bit of background, um, this is actually like uh, take two with, with Mike. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last year we did, a, we did a recording with him, and unfortunately due to some technical difficulties, we lost that episode. But he was such a good guest that we we had to have him back on. So Aww. we're really excited. Um, he's been up to a lot since then. The last time we talked, he mentioned he was working on a game. So I'd love to catch up with that. And also um, to promote his podcast as well. He has a few episodes out now. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, since since we I originally appeared uh, and actually you that was part of part of. Uh, me being on this podcast the first time uh, was why I wanted to do that, um, and you helped me a lot, Byron, uh, with just like the distributing side of that stuff. Um, yeah, the podcast is called Spice to Meet You. Um, it, it was sort of it's sort of meant to be very general in its topic. It's just me talking to creative people in their industries because I just want to I. I I know so many people that I can have really great conversations with about so many different things. Um, and where I am right now in my life, I'm sort of transitioning from being a full-time musician into diversifying some more stuff, trying to get into more game audio, more sound design, stuff like that. Um, and part of that was like, you know, I should, if I'm going to be applying for things like that involve, um, you know, maybe editing, audio editing, stuff like that. Having a podcast would, you know, it's it's a big part of the portfolio that I really enjoy because I get to just talk to really interesting people and, and learn from them. Um, but yeah, so it's called Spice to Meet You. I talk to like musicians. I talk to you two in episode two. Uh, episode, what was episode three? Or no, no, you were episode three. As some musicians before that. Uh, episode four it's the last one I talked to an actor friend of mine that I uh, helped score his uh, short film a couple years ago and then yeah I got some more musicians and um, game dev people down the pipeline and a combination of the two actually mm-hmm. but uh, yeah because uh, yeah the, the <laughs> last one I recorded but yeah um yeah, that's that's sort of the, that's the synopsis of it. It's, you can search it wherever you find your podcasts, just like this one. Yep, we'll so, put a link to it in yeah. on this one as well. Yeah, and something that I really liked. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I'm caught up on all the episodes. Um, Thank you. I love how you you use it as an as an um, a chance, to like you know, 
get better with editing, but you also incorporate your own compositions and your sound design into mm-hmm. it, which to me yep. seems like a really great way of also showing off your skills in, in those domains as well. Um, can you talk a little bit yeah. about like your editing process? Because I'm sure it takes quite some time to get that down, right? Yeah, it's and it was at first it was like I, I wanted I wanted to come out with like as polished of a product as I could with episode one, and there's lots like here's the thing about I mean I guess any creative person it's like it, as soon as I like release something to the world and or like distribute it or publish it or whatever. I'm like, I don't ever want to hear that again. (laughs) 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 So it's like, it's like, you know, four months down the road, like I'm constantly improving my product. So it's like, as soon as you, you get a good, like, oh, this is, this is what this should sound like. You go back and look at the first thing you did. It's like, I don't, I want to destroy that. (laughs) The good news is, is I can, I can replace the files if I wanted to, whatever, but I'm not, not like episodes, but like, for instance, I did a little trailer thing where I'm like, I might fix some of that and go back, whatever. But, um. Yeah, so the editing for the first one, I was, it was kind of heavy on the editing because I was like, we talked for a long time, my friend Eric and I, because the history there is that we were sort of trying to figure out all this podcast stuff for a couple months before that. And we Mm -hmm. had recorded our conversations and I had been sort of learning how to edit dialogue. And as I went, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it ended up being pretty heavily edited and the other thing that I found and, and the point of me bringing up the um, like, you know, my product from four months ago versus now is like I, I had in episode one, you'll notice I have like all these little like transitions and yeah. like I sort of shoehorn in this like fake ad for myself. And I, oh, yeah, <laughs> now that that was, I like, that was funny. and it's I like, it. and, it, and you know, yeah, it's, I still think it's funny or whatever, but it's like, it, it interrupted it for no reason, you know? There's no, like, sponsorship or anything on the podcast, so I'm just kind of like... And it's it's fine to have, like, edit points and stuff for, like, if you eventually do have a sponsorship, that kind of thing, but I, I ended up just going, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go beginning to end. If, if I could help it with no transitions, no ad things, like, I don't, you know. The other thing was, like, I, I had in my head, like, Cause I had recorded all these little short ad segments because I sort of started doing podcast stuff with my, my friend's podcast. So like, uh, there's a podcast called dad joke loading, uh, with my friend Christian McFarlane. Um, and then the extra buttery podcast was something else. I, I did some sound, I did some music for it. Um, and in turn with that, I was just like, Hey, maybe I'll do this for free, but Hey, maybe you play this ad that I made for myself. <laughs> and it was like, but then, and that's sort of where the idea, what replaced that was me doing like the sound design at the beginning and end of each episode. So it's mm-hmm. like I end one episode with a helicopter coming to pick me yes, up. Yes, I like that. Away. That was so creative. And then the next episode is the <laughs> helicopter dropping me off and then I go. So I have this dumb little, you know, sound design transition thing. And that sort of filled that role of of what I was trying to prove with those little ads, which was like, hey, look at my sound design stuff. Yeah, so, I love so that. So it's sort of, it's evolved into like, now I'm just like. I have a formula more or less now. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny because I think you had the advantage of watching our our podcast first and our mistakes. With, yeah. Sorry again for yeah. your, your episode. <laughs> no, I mean it it obviously benefited me in the end, so thank you for making that mistake. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just it can be so hard to get, you know, feedback on this kind of thing, right? 
because someone can tell us yeah. something that's super valuable, but we might have been five episodes in because we have like a backlog. So it might take some yeah. time to actually see those improvements. Yeah, no, and that's the same. It's just just to have carve out the time for because you're not you guys aren't getting paid for this, so it's like none of us are getting paid for it. So we just kind of do it in our spare time to right, you know, just like we do with any other self improvement uh, project, you know. Um, there's a guy I will say side note, uh, and you can edit this out if you want, but uh, there's a, a guy that one of my students actually at, universe, at uh, UNLV he. Um, He's really good at like the production side of stuff, like better than I am. Mm. And uh, he helped me with, uh, he gave me, I basically, I paid him to make a template for like, just, just to boost kind of like some dialogue. He knows a lot about like dialogue and editing voice cool. and, and all cool. that stuff. To, and it's, I use that template now and I'll, 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 I'll give you his info if you want. Um, yeah, that's he cool. Can set you up with just, yeah. Just a little, you know, because like I was doing, like I was panning, for example, I was panning the voices in my first episode, and he's like, "That's not really an industry standard." I was like, "Okay, didn't know that." So, mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. this is an example, but anyway, you can edit that out if you want. <laughs> Dude, that's freaking awesome! And then one of the things that I love about having a podcast is being able to have in mind an, a backlog of guests that you want to have. And yeah. I know that when you actually have a podcast and you tell people about it, it's just like, oh, wow, you know, can, can I hear more? Can I be on your podcast? Like, yeah. what are some of the things that you've, that you found out about reaching out to other people and, and asking them to do a podcast with you? Well, I mean, I haven't, you, you guys are the more, you guys are the closest to strangers that I've had on my podcast. <laughs> I don't consider you guys strangers, of course, but, um, everybody else has sort of been like a pretty, like I've known, known them pretty, I, I'm, I'm going to take a while to get through the people that I know to get to the strangers of whatever, but like, I think that it'll just, it'll sort of speak for itself. Like, it's like, if because I, I wouldn't mind that, that you say that, like, in the future, I wouldn't mind maybe, like, reaching out to some people that uh, I don't know mm-hmm. and go, like, hey, I or maybe I met you at, like, Game Sound Con or something. And I'm like, I think it'd be awesome to have, like, example, ZW Buckley is the first person that comes into mind. Um, he's an audio, game audio, he's a composer, really nice guy, met him at... Uh, uh, the thing in, in like alt space VR and he had oh, like cool. his avatar looked just like him. So I was like, walked over to him like, Hey, you're, you know? Um, but for instance, it's like, he was super approachable and I was like, I bet he would do it if I just sent him a link or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think just, uh, as far as reaching out to people, I think I want to make the product as good as I can. And I want it to. So like, if I, interview like you guys and then i go like oh i want to interview this other game audio person or or programmer or whatever i can point to your episode and be like here's some of these guys like for example here's what we talked about here was the vibe and yep you know gives them a an idea of what to expect so dude that's freaking awesome and like putting this podcast together i know that you've been doing it for about half a year now if i'm not mistaken um like for Actually, anybody yeah. else, wow. <laughs> for for anybody else out there that's looking to like put a podcast together, like what are some of the things that you that you would personally recommend, like just getting started? Um, don't underestimate how long it takes to name your podcast. Because <laughs> I swear to God, it was like 
like spice to meet you sounds like it's it's dumb right it's this pun sort of like blah blah but like it it landed on i landed on that after like months of thinking about it i have in my in my i have a podcast google doc with everything like all my guests all the stuff in it and i have it was like it's like a full page of, of lists of names i should i should pull it up at some point but um because the thing is it's like it's all tied into what is the thesis of your um podcast and it's like for me, I was like, I was writing this line between being general enough to where I can kind of do whatever I want. Um, so it's like, it's not just going to be me interviewing um, Vegas musicians or just interviewing musicians in general. It's going to be like creative, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it's like, you want it to still be focused enough to where, you know. And then what I realized from that was like, I'm sort of the product of the podcast. So it's like, it's more reflect. It's not, it, it was going to be like creatively speaking or creative, something creative, creative. Again, I could show you the list, but um, I realized sort of going as I went through it, like what is the podcast? What it's like me talking to people. So the product is basically me sort of my, I guess, personality, if you want to call it that uh, like, so it, it, I was trying to reflect more of like, it's this guy talking to people. So spice to me, you it's like, you know, which funny is that there's a, some kind of like a uh, moisturizer or something called spice to me. Cause I Googled it after I named the podcast. I was like, Oh God, I hope there's not like trademark issues. And yeah, it's uh there's free advertising for you. Some kind of like, uh, if you Google spice to meet you, it's, it's like some kind of moisturizer or body butter or something that comes up so i'll just i'll just take take that on the chin and just advertise for them so i don't get sued <laughs> not making any money disclaimer not making any money from this just so you know <laughs> got it okay so took some time to to actually create the name of your podcast and then i know one of the things that we talked about already is that this is a bit of a uh, a take two on the original conversation that we had so I know one of the things that we like, love to promote on this is the power of networking. And mm. I know that's how you and I met and mm -hmm. uh, way back in, you know, maybe a year ago. Um, wow. What good do you, God. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when we first met and how, how we met yeah. you and how we came across like just being buddies? Well, yeah. So it was the Seattle, um, the networking, IGDA uh, Seattle thing. I don't remember the name of it, sorry. Um, and it was just purely like, hey, we're all interested in the game industry and we're all... It's sort of the crowd you would meet at a game jam. Um, and it was it was like we spent, what, 15 minutes in like a Zoom break-off room with just some strangers and then we just sort of introduced each other, talked for a little bit, and then 15 minutes is up, next room. And you just keep doing that. Um, and it was, it's, it was good cause it's like this efficient way to do it. Um, and like, you know, th I think that obviously there's like, there's, that's a little, you'll get um, a shallower version of networking, but you'll have a bigger spread that way versus like, you know, this, where we're like talking in depth with each other and learning about each other, for whatever. But, um, it was good. It was a really efficient way of networking. And it was funny because Steve uh, kept just randomly, it was all random. So it, you just kept 
we kept ending up in the same room together. <laughs> so we just, it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's one of those things that I love about networking in particular is for speed networking events like that, you, you get to meet a lot of people and you can kind of feel their their vibe to begin with, yeah. right? And, yeah. and that's one of the cool things is that you just find people and you, you hang out with them just for a little bit. And from those, it's kind of like, I, I don't want to say micro dating, but it's just like a really quick. Oh, no, it's totally somebody. speed dating. It's exactly yeah. speed dating. Yeah, just on a professional. Yeah. And then exactly. like from there, then you can connect with people and you never know when you're going to come across somebody who's really going to make an impact on you. Yeah. And that's just one of the cool things is that I love how you and I just met. Like we never intended it. We were just in the same place at the same time. And then because of that connection that we had, we were like, oh, yeah. shit. Now, now look how that one moment spawned things like us having these podcasts together and just really being able to help each other out. So I just wanted to take that as a, a point for the listeners out there is just like go out and meet people. And even though it could be such a short kind of conversation, you have the you have those people in mind and you can reach out to them again and at least build on that original conversation absolutely um, and and you never know how that's gonna turn out in the end and i mean case in point right here michael michael spicer you know spice to meet you mm-hmm. with his own podcast and invited us to be a guest and who knew that that would come out of this one original conversation that we had at an iga speed yeah. mixer type of thing yeah and to follow up on that I have a question for both of you two, right? So neither one of you guys are from Seattle, but that one meeting led to a year later. You guys are friends. We're all doing this podcast. This is the third time we've recorded together. Um, Steve and uh, Michael, how did you guys? How did you guys find that that mixer? Right? Like, like what made you decide to look up Seattle IGDA meetup? For me, if for me, I think it was a a West Coast IGDA thing. So. Okay. Me being from yeah. San Diego, California, I think they, the, the whole West Coast decided to get together to do a uh, to do a, a speed meetup during the whole pandemic thing. And we just had tons of people on there and just thrown into random rooms. And, you know, I've been a part of the IGDA for, I don't know, five, six years already. Mm-hmm. So it was just one of those monthly mixers that I go to and they had this one event. And that's that's how I got roped into it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. It's like, and I think it's interesting that, yeah, because I had known about IGDA here in town, and then I learned about the different chapters, and it's like, I get, like, notifications from, I think it's, like, Eventbrite or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's interesting you say the pandemic, because it's this weird paradoxical thing where we're all alone, <laughs> but we're, but now, because of that, we're reaching out in these other um, mm-hmm. ways to, to connect to people, and here you go. Like, I've never, I don't know how tall either of you are. <laughs> I don't know how tall anyone is ever anymore because I just see a little box. <laughs> anyway, yeah. For the record, I'm I'm 5'6 on paper. 5'6 on paper. on paper. There you go. Yeah. I'm like six. you're standing on paper? Like how is it a stack of paper? <laughs> how tall is the stack of paper, though? About two feet. Yeah. So... That that's one of those things is like I'd been a part of the IGDA for like five plus years and how long had you been a part of that, Mike? Uh I mean almost I guess almost as long, like since well no not 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 true. Probably two, three years. 
But like not, and here's the thing: not like an active, like I'm not like going to every event or anything. But I had just sort of known about it, and I'd gone to a couple to sort of figure out what like I found out what a game jam is just on my own, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a good thing to explore, which obviously it has been. So yeah, that that's freaking awesome. The like the game jams and the things that you experience, like being a part of the IGA, and then. Speaking of different projects, I know that there's some things that you've been working on that you've been like posting on LinkedIn and kind yeah. of showing updates. Can you talk about what are some of those projects and those things that you put together? Oh man, uh, what was the last one you saw? What's <laughs> I'm trying to think of what what I actually post. I haven't posted in a while. Um, like what, like the sound design stuff. I mean, I, there was obviously. Sorry. There, yeah. there was definitely some like some eight bit recording type of oh, musical the album. things. Yeah. Right. 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 So I had uh, it was. <laughs> it's funny because I have. I think I talked about that in episode one of my podcast with uh, my friend Eric. Um, it's I made a YouTube series actually on on your. I talked about how it was your suggestion, Steve, uh, of like posting me working on some stuff. And I think that, and how people will find that interesting. And I'm like, me watching it, knowing me and and my own, it's like, I find it unwatchable because it's just me working. (laughs) Right. It's It's not a tutorial, but it's just me. It's called Spicer makes eight bit music. Uh, it's on my YouTube. Um, but it's just to, it was just something to try. And I, I got a lot out of it because I'm going to, once I actually come back around to finish that project, which I am, I have more pro- product, uh, uh, progress done on that, um, I'm going to make a final video and it sort of explain like where to find it. It's, it's basically an asset pack that I'm going to sell on um, Unity, um, the Unity store, and hopefully the Unreal. I don't know how it works if, you could, if there's exclusivity with that, but... Um, uh, it's basically going to be like eight to ten tracks of music. Pro- probably more than that, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably going to have like I-, I could go into that, but mm-hmm. um, it's going to be eight to ten tracks of loopable music with like different layers and stuff that you can use in a video game, and then also a- around a hundred to hundred and fifty um, like just little sound effects. Uh, and it's sort of a variety. So I have like, a, for example, I have like a pirate track mm-hmm. that's just sort of like a cartoony kind of piratey sounding thing. And because I have that track, I'm going to have a certain number of sound effects that have to do with that, like a little seagull noise or a little like seagull one one and two noise, and then like you know waves or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'm basically trying to figure out like which ones I should have to. To do that, and it's not meant to be like, oh, this is all you need if you're making a game. This is the one-stop shop. It's not. It's just like it's something to add to your, you know, library of assets. That's awesome. Who's like doing game jams or whatever kind of thing. And so I'm a I'm a part of a, a quite a few forums on the game audio, sound design, game development, and a pretty mm-hmm. common question that a lot of people getting into the industry ask is, um, how do I approach this i've done music for film i've done music for tv um so what are some insights that you've gained in because you specifically mentioned loopable music stuff like that what are some some insights that you've gained in working on these these uh styles of music i think that a good place to start as a resource is the winifred phillips book phillips philip winifred phillips i know exactly (laughs) uh but it's uh it's 
Composer's Guide to Game Music. Yes. Okay. I was going to go. I'm not going to go get the book. I remembered. <laughs> Composer's Guide to Game Music. It was sort of. It was the first one that popped up when I was like, "What? What is like? How, how does um, audio in, in in games kind of differ from uh, just linear music and and the stuff? The concept. That's a really good entry point into like learning about the concepts um, that you need to know in order to get into this stuff. Um, and from there, I went. I learned about okay, like so. You, there's different ways that in a video game you. Um, are doing things that, like, the system doesn't know what you're going to do. The whole point of a video game is that you're making choices and, like, the game is reacting to your choices and, and it's a feedback loop between you and this sort of um, game system. <clears throat> and with that is, like, you know, if if you're walking around in Skyrim and everybody, like, anyone who's played Skyrim, if you start hearing those, like, like timpani comes in it's like okay there's something hunting me <laughs> you know uh music can play such an intricate um part of the game experience and how li- non-linear music works mm-hmm. um i guess if the question is what are some things to look at i think learn what middleware is i don't here's the thing i don't i don't have my name on like a big title or Thing, right i'm still in the process of of getting into this industry but one thing that i found is is no know, know how to loop music is a good because what you want to do is get into game jams because you don't i don't have to know you don't have to know anything about programming you don't have to know anything about graphic design or game development at all as a as a for, for me being a musician going into um, you know, learning about how to produce um, loopable tracks, you, you wanna you wanna be able to make them loop seamlessly because what's what's going on is you're you're gonna hand over a track of music to um, the person who's who's gonna put it into the game, probably look up the code to integrate it into the yep. game, and you want because a game is it could last a minute or an hour. Right. So you want to if you're making music that's going to do either of those things, it's going to loop back on itself unless you're going to write 60 minutes of music for a game jam, which you're not. (laughs) Uh, It's going to have to loop back on itself. So little techniques like just that's something to research because there's little things that happen. Like if there's like reverb and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, Reverb tails and stuff have to be like inserted at the beginning of the track. Anyway. That's something to research is like making loopable, just simple loopable track at first. And then that'll kind of get you into where you can do game jams and do networking. And um, it's a launch launch point, I guess, for that kind of stuff. Cool. Hopefully and that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, definitely. That was a great answer. And you've mentioned game jams a couple of times. Um, what's been your experience working on game jams as the... I'm going to assume that you're probably one of the sole audio or music people at the game jams. Yeah. Um, well, not at, I mean, at, at the, like on a team, on a team, on a team, thing. sorry, okay, on yeah. a team. Um, yeah. And cause I know that for me getting started, I heard about F mod and I'm just like, Oh, I can use F mod. But then it was like, wait, how do I use this in a game jam? Yeah. So what's been, your, yeah. <laughs> what's your ex- experience? Well, that's the thing is like, before I ever did a game jam, I did this little like Udemy course, um, on F mod and like, 
it's and FMUD's free to download and you can learn it just on your own, just from whatever. And it was this little course and it was a really good course. And I was all like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's do this. It's like, it's not as hard as I thought it was. <laughs> and then I go to a game jam and like, they're like, oh, FMUD, that's fancy. I don't, we don't, we don't use that. So what it, the point is like, you're going to, if you're going to be doing a game jam, you're not going to be, you're probably not going to be working with like using an FMUD music system. Yeah. Um, I did one game jam where I did use FMOD, um, and that was mostly because it was just kind of a flex, right? It was like <laughs> it was kind of like a hey, let's if this is going to be on my portfolio, I want to have like a little yeah, I want to have made a little FMOD music system where if like I go from here to here, if this parameter changes to this, then I have this track that kicks in, like pause menu music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I wanted, I knew how to do that, but I knew nothing about programming. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, like, it's, if you, if you're looking to, it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're looking to learn FMOD or WISE, um, like, they both have, like, really good learning resources where you can, you eventually want to have, like, a, a, a sound reel, for instance, mm-hmm. that if, you know, they say to sort of, I've heard, like, focus on either AAA or indie but it's kind of like i feel like that's kind of up in the air right now um yeah i don't again i don't have a job on on either but <laughs> um i think that you want to just have as much in your portfolio as you possibly can and having applying for jobs and sorry i'm all over the place but applying for stuff that uh you are going to be a sound designer on. If we're talking about jobs, like the end goal, like mm-hmm. you were talking about game jams and having fun learning and stuff, but you have the end goal in mind. The the most the primary thing that you want to worry about is if you're going to be a sound designer. If we're talking about sound design versus like music, um, you want you just want your product to sound good. Actually, that applies to both. Obviously, yeah. Um, you want to you want to have like this sounds good. This has a good mix. Like the low end, like the EQ is good. Like you want the quality to be, to speak louder than anything else, right? Louder than, you know, um, how intricate your F mod music system is. Like it's like they, those are employers from what I understand. It's like, they look more for, um, your skill as, as someone who can produce good sounds rather than that's just a program you can learn, you know, they'll, right. They'll, you'll get there with that. Right. Right. But yeah. So I would say, um, if, if you're looking at just getting started with game jams, which I think is essential because like, it's just kind of learning the jargon and, um, you know, getting, getting used to what a curly bracket does in programming. <laughs> like, you know, like just, just knowing basic, basic stuff, um, is going to help you communicate with a team, and know what to deliver to them as an asset, as a mm-hmm. sword noise, or as mm-hmm. a loopable piece of music, or whatever. Right, and um, that was I'll, a long tangential. Uh, <laughs> it was again answer, in, incredibly helpful. Um, I didn't want to take a second to kind of explain to our audience. I know Michael and I we understand this language pretty intimately, but we've thrown around words like middleware, F mod, wise, yeah. and just to make sure that the general audience knows what that is. Um, so that's an audio middleware, which is basically something that allows a musician or a sound designer to work on some of the core logic systems of interactive audio 
on their own. And that leaves a well, lot of on their own, meaning like without the use of programming. Exactly, skills, exactly, basically. exactly. Um, versus you could code all of this in yourself, but that mm-hmm. takes programming power away from other important systems in the game. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty important tool to learn. It's kind of like the tools of the trade if you want to work in game audio uh, when you work on a large enough project. But as Michael pointed out, on like a game jam or a smaller game you typically don't use middleware. So yeah, you yeah. do a lot of programming in that case. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and, and speaking of games, like obviously there's a reason why you're into video games and doing music. Are there any impactful like games that you've played that, that have been like, this is why I want to do music in gaming? Like what are uh, some yeah. of those headline titles for you? I'm pointing at my Majora's Mask <laughs> on my wall. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I mean, this can go into a lot of stuff. I mean, it's just like we're, we consume and any, we're all affected by any media we consume, especially when we're younger. And when I'm younger, I had, you know, N64 was sort of my, that was my defining console. I don't know, whatever you want to define it as, but I played a whole, I'm Koji Kondo, man. I played a lot of, uh, uh, Nintendo games, um, Zelda especially has just sort of like the the melodies that you would you would hear. Um, not so much that they differ from like movies and TV, but like what I what I discovered later on, and it's not to say that like this is why I like them. I think I just liked them because I enjoyed those games and they got stuck in my head, maybe. But at the end of the day, there's this nostalgia that happens with that. Um, when I went in to sort of learn how to do 8-bit music and, and all that stuff, I, I I ended up researching the the sort of grandfathers of uh, video game music, which is like David Wise and Koji Kondo and Nubo Uematsu. Um, so like the Final Fantasy people, all the, Koji does everything Nintendo. And then like David Wise did the, he sort of invented, these guys invented. Yeah. Um, a different way they were programmers and composers and that the marriage of those two affected the music and how you because you had what it was we had a limited number of um sounds that you could make you know so like the 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 nes had only a certain capacity so you have like you could have this waveform that sounds like and you have this one that sounds like a sawtooth uh, sort of a you know this one sounds more mellow than this. So you had just very limited material. So what ended up happening was they had to write in a way that was simplified, but still gave you the impression of like, this is a symphony playing, right? It's like, so I found that. So it's not to say that that's what would influence why I got into like this kind of music, but it's sort of like a, a retrospective thing where I, I found out later on, like, that's really cool that that's, I think that's why I like that so much is because it's, you know, you have like there's so many, like there's, so, it's a little steel drum kind of thing. And it's like, there's so many influences of the actual material and like your brain fills in like the rhythm section that's like playing along with that. But it's really just this noise thing going, whatever. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. so like they had to be melodic. They had to use really good counterpoint, and um, yeah, it's just that that kind of thing. It just it just 
warms my heart. <laughs> so, Koji Kondo, Nubou Uematsu, um, you know, any any of those, any of those, they're, they're definitely influences as far as when I'm going to write specifically video game music. Mm-hmm. So... Right on. That is freaking awesome. And I love like the little the little history lesson that's in there because video games have been a part of our lives for, you know, so many years and that's what kind of what helps influence us to want to pursue it as a career. Mm-hmm. Um and then speaking of careers, one of the things that I love is that there's so many ways of taking like your passions and and turning it into something that you can do as a profession. And I've seen that you know, video games and music, there's so many ways of kind of doing that professionally, whether it's making the actual music in the video games or doing things like having your own YouTube channel. Like there's yeah. this guy, uh, Smooth McGroove. I'm not sure if you've yes. heard of him. But he does like acapella versions of video game music. And that's that's his thing. And that's like, I know that video games and music are your passions. Have you thought of any other career paths other than just you know, making music in gaming. I think of it more of where have I invested my time and my money, you know, as we sort of have to, you know, you're constantly reassessing where your, the trajectory of your career is based on what you've done, how, like I have two jazz degrees hanging on my wall. I can't tell you the last time I had a jazz gig. Well, actually Christmas, if that, that sort of counts, but uh, <laughs> but like I don't like the things that I learned all the time that I that represents six years of my life and many thousands of dollars, right? Um, uh, but and I'm trying and in in thinking of where where I'm trying to expand and, and go into, I'm trying to think of like here's I know all this stuff about like for instance, how many careers could you list that require a knowledge of EQing a piece of audio or like knowing what a plosive is like there's lots there's podcasting there's radio there's you know studio work there's like studio recording engineer stuff there's all this stuff that this like skill x could be applied to right so that's sort of where my head is when I'm thinking about where where I can go and and what I can what I can do with this stuff because um, and that's a a big part of the podcast is like not only it, it's so many different things wrapped into one thing but it's um, it's an excuse for me to sort of advertise myself sometimes literally like in episode one <laughs> but like advertise my own like editing skills and like and and knowing that I can I can produce I can produce this. Here you go. That's what I can produce, and then go and apply to job X Y Z from there. You know, I don't know if that answered your question, but um, yeah, I mean, podcasting. I actually, yeah. So I'm remembering your question. <laughs> podcasting uh, is, is sort of a thing. Um, you know, sound design, any kind of like. I, right now, I'm looking into. Um, like integration, like actually learning a little bit more about programming to where I can, you know, put a loopable track of music into unity, for instance. Um, but like literally I have, and I'll just mention this. I have the next six months of my life sort of planned out. Um, I am going <laughs> to, 
I keep telling myself I'm going to finish this big band chart today, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> finish the big band chart. Um, I have this mixing course on Udemy that I'm just kind of brushing up on mixing stuff cool. and like learning a little bit more in depth stuff in Logic. And then I'm going to do the I'm going to do some sound redesigns to get an updated um, reel for sound design. And then after that, I'm going to do the the Wise course that they offer the free wise course. Cause I know F mod I'm going to, but I'm on a lot of job applications. I'm seeing a lot more wise lately. So I'm going to dive into that. And then by the end of this semester of school, I should have what I, what I right now view as a comfortable, like jumping off point as far as a portfolio to go, you know, cause like, I feel like right now stuff is that I have is kind of outdated and, um, yeah, so I'm basically, I, I'm, I'm, I think a good thing if we're, if this is an advice kind of um, podcast uh, kind of vibe, it, like, and this is, I tell my students this is going to be applied to literally anything. Time management is so important, um, and like, <laughs> just getting, getting an idea, even just listing something, go. Okay, I have five months. What can what do what do I think I can do in those five months? Can I can I finish a, a wise course? How long does that take? Look that up. Research, research, research everything, and figure out how to get from A to B. Because like it's if you don't it, a lot of it sounds so dumb and simple, but like a lot of people just don't examine their situation enough to know what where to go next. Oh, I'm just gonna keep plugging away at keep writing music until I get a job. That's not going to work, man. Look at look at what what does the job application say? Does it say you need to know this program? Maybe go and learn some of that program. No, maybe don't drop $600 on pro tools if you don't have to, but right? So that's all. Just like time management, man. It's like just make it happen, I guess. Yeah, and I, I love that you kind of pointed that out, like some of the soft skills that you should have to find a job, but things that aren't necessarily taught in like the academic environment. Um, mm. Like you have such an incredible insight because you actually teach and you can see like the difference between what's taught academically versus uh, what it takes to be like oh, to yeah. work in a professional environment. Can you kind of, give some insight into what what are some of the things where um things that students need to know but they don't they're not necessarily getting from the books that they're reading in school oh man that's a that's a whole book that's a whole (laughs) seminar um (laughs) i mean number one was what i just said like time management just like if you (laughs) i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on that pull your head out of your ass a little bit it's like uh it's a lot of times it's obvious like what you need to do, but that people aren't listening to this for, to be told, like pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> I guess, um, sorry if you have to add uh, uh bleep noises there, Byron. Um, <laughs> but it's like, as for, well, okay. Let me, let me ask you to clarify the question. Like from a standpoint of who, who am I talking to right now? Like, is it a program or is it like, game audio people is it, is it a musician entering this field or i i would say for a student who's looking to get a job and 
the reason why I say that, like a student that's you know about to graduate and going to jump into the professional world, the reason why I say that is because I know for me, getting out of school, like I I was so. I was overconfident because I thought, oh, I get good. I've got good grades. Everyone is. Now that's going to, that's going to translate into getting a job immediately. And then yeah. life had a certain way of kicking, kicking me in the ass and saying, yeah, you're not as hot as you thought you were. Um, and there are tons of lessons that I wish I had, I would have gotten before, or maybe I did. And I was just too stubborn to listen to it. Um, but that's, that's, you know, that comes with just having the experience and being there. And so what are some of the things that, even though yeah. it's things that students have heard already or may have heard already, what are some of those lessons that you would like to impart yeah. on them? Well, I mean, what you just said, like, I think I'll, I'll never know as much as I thought I thought I thought I knew when I was 20, right? Like I was so sure of everything when I was 20. And it's, and no 20 year old wants to hear that. And then like, they'll turn 25 and think they know. No. And I'll turn 40 and I'll listen to me saying this and I'll like, oh, that guy. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it's just a never-ending thing. You'll never, like, there's some, I remember seeing some kind of pie chart of, like, things oh. you'll learn in your life. And it's this tiny little, and here's all the knowledge you could ever learn. And here's what you have the capacity to learn in one lifetime, one human lifetime. Right? Um, it's just, there's always more to learn, I think, is a good attitude to approach things um as a musician um i i the people that i respect the most and that i learned the most from have been the most modest and the most like i guess like people who know that there's never they're not an expert uh totally right they they have all you can say is here are the here's the experience that i have and based on that here's my perspective on this topic or whatever um, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, right? I'm not a I'm not a triple A uh, sound designer yet, but um, it's leaving school. I think one thing that I I think that you need to sort of we think of education as this like ticket of of like you were saying like I should just have a job right right away, but that's just sort of the that's the you exit that building. And now you're 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 sort of allowed to be in this sphere of people because of this base knowledge of whatever. And you don't necessarily need a four year degree for that. You can, mm-hmm. of course, get this or whatever. But I don't I don't I don't think formal education is bad by any means because it's sort of a it's a goal it's a it's a signpost saying I I was able to do this. Like I have a three point nine GPA from my master's, and mm-hmm. I can say that, you know. Uh, because, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to say like I had, there's this particular court graduate course that I took. That was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I got 99% in it. I don't remember a damn thing from it, oh, Wow! <laughs> but I did it. And I, and I actually, that's not true. We learned all about, uh, Wagner, but anyway, um, what's my point? My point is, um, one thing leaving school is don't assume anything and don't be afraid going into networking situations to just talk to people because there's lots of things that there's so many different perspectives on things and things like game sound con, like I could just list a bunch of like conferences and networking stuff. There's, there's really has never been a better time to network 
mm-hmm. um, because this whole and I imagine the pandemic has helped again with like yeah neither of us are from Seattle but we met on this Seattle uh, networking thing um, there's so many one you'll meet people that are the exact same as you just left school you can you, you'll make a connection with those people because neither of you know what to do next but you'll trade ideas hey I didn't think of that or maybe I will learn F mutt and wise and not or whatever um, but you'll also meet people that you'll just stand and talk to people that are are doing the stuff that you want to be doing and they have been for like a decade mm-hmm. you know I I, um, I was having a conversation at game soundcon in VR. Like again, not in real real life, but like there was a, a spatial element to it. Um, and then I found out like half an hour into the conversation that he did all the music for Outer Wilds. I can't think of his name right now, but I was like, I was like, and I'm like, it's not like to say that I wouldn't have approached him, but I think I would have pro- probably talked to him a little differently mm. because of where I am in my career. I would have approached him differently. And I'm like thinking like he said that I was like, oh, really? And then I was embarrassed that I was like, oh, you know, kind of like fanboy. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like thinking like, oh, did I hope I didn't say anything disrespectful <laughs> or anything. <laughs> right. Because it's but then in that whole process, it's like you realize people are just this people. Right. They're just, you know, and it's and they deserve the respect of, of you know, like. You're not going to walk in and start. I'm not going to give him like tips or anything on 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 writing music because like he has a his his uh, resume as he as he does. But it's it's the type of thing where I'm not. You shouldn't be ever be afraid to talk to anybody who might be seem like this monolith of a person, um, but really they're just like you know. And it's, there's a ton of that in the music industry too, where it's like my teach my saxophone teacher, and in my graduate degree, played with Ray Charles, toured with this that blah blah blah, and like he's one of my really good friends, you know. And he's ten years my senior, but we're just we're <laughs> it's it's scary how similar we are sometimes. I think I'll have him on the podcast at some point, but don't be afraid to talk to people. I could have said it that quickly, but I. Went off on 18 tangents. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I'd love to add on to that, too. I know you and I have music degrees, and I don't know if it was your experience, but mine in, in school was people tended to be maybe a tad bit narrow-minded in their focus. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I would just say be open to different income streams when you're first graduating. Um, there's no shame Pride. in working a different job when you're first graduating. It's a different story between yeah. having a music degree graduating and having a computer science degree graduating. And I mm-hmm. think you need to come to terms with that because you, you should understand that even before you graduate. Um, yeah. I think that's a really big thing to understand. Like, um, you're still successful. You teach. You've worked in other projects. And I mm-hmm. think it's important to redefine what success means to you, at least when you're first graduating as well. Overcome your pride. It's, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that, like, what, leave it, especially music degree. You think, because I, I went from a music degree to, like, I was like, I know how to play saxophone. And then it's like, I'm painting houses <laughs> for the summer. And then, you know, and then in the fall, I apply, I, I audition for a cruise ship. And then I go and work on a cruise ship for six years. So then my self-esteem is a little bit more restored. Mm-hmm. But then after leaving there, it's like you, 
am I allowed to call myself a professional musician if I have like a couple gigs a year, but I teach, right? Like, so right. am I, Absolutely. but then it's like, it's like, are you, it just depends. Like you don't, what I realize is that you don't have to be playing for Cirque, you don't have to be the trombonist for uh, Cirque du Soleil Zumanity in order to call yourself a musician. You, you, if you, are a musician you're a musician right it's like it your income stream doesn't have to solely come from blowing into a tube right um the other thing too is like it don't you can't ever underestimate you have to have respect for other people's spheres right yes. so like programmers like i'm not i'm never going to be a programmer and i could if i wanted to if i went to school for it if i really buckled down and i just did it but i don't have I'm, I don't have it in me to do a third degree, right? Um, <laughs> but what I what I uh, what I like to take into account is because, especially when you're working with programmers, you're working with art, artists, you're working with like these are skilled professions that take time to hone your craft. Like there's especially with music, there's a tendency to think of music as just like, well, if you can sing, you can be a musician. It's like, there's so much study that goes into being a musician, learning how to create contrapuntal lines, learning how to, and I could list a whole bunch of technical things, blah, blah, blah. But it's likewise with programming, likewise with, I know that, and, and I know that in game dev, there's a lot of these people that are doing, I want to be the jack of all trades. I want to do everything. And I think there's a place for that. I think a generalist is, it's a good it's a good idea to have a general idea of things, but then, you know, I don't know if the whole master of none thing, there's lots of people who can do all of it, but I just, I think that there's an underestimation when like maybe a programmer or an artist goes, Oh, I'll just make a track of music. And, and that's, that'll be this quality. It's like, well, You'll you'll hear if if you can't hear the difference between your product and like someone who does it full time and and like has like years and years of experience. If you can't tell the difference between your um, little logic thing that you made and Hans Zimmer, then maybe your ears. Maybe it's not that there's no difference. Maybe it's that your ears aren't developed enough. Right. So all I'm saying is just like not to bash anyone who's like going and trying music it's do it absolutely do it but um just just come to it humble you know like don't come in swinging and do the best you can but just just be humble about it and be like you know because i think that that'll that'll help you relate to the other people on your on your maybe game jam team you know so right on and i love i love one of the things that that was emphasized is like being okay with having different experiences outside of college, like different career opportunities and ways that you make money. Yeah. Because like when you just by living life in general, you come across so many life changing moments that you would have never had, had you gone a different way. Like for example, yeah, you, you mentioned working on, on a cruise ship. Like what are the life experiences that you had doing that, that you wouldn't have gotten somewhere else? You know what I mean? Uh, that would be a good plug for go listen to episode one of Spice to Meet You with <laughs> Eric Lundgren. Uh, no, we because he's a, also a cruise musician, um, and we just talk about that a little bit. But um, 
and actually episode two because my friend Brian, he's also uh, we talked about that a little bit. What I learned from that is like you have you have such a privileged, um, I guess, day to day because as a and I think it's you know I think it's it's really it's a great it's a great thing because right now there's a lot there's very few jobs in music that you can go and just apply for it like a regular job. Like I'm going to go apply to be a data analyst at this company. It's, uh, it's as similar as that, as you can get in the music industry, because most of it is like, well, just make a whole bunch of stuff and hope, hopefully someone likes it. Right. That's kind of, that's kind of the, the model of our industry. Whereas working on a cruise ship, I went and, and there's, again, even that there's not enough opportunity. There's not, as much opportunity as there was when I started, which was like 2010 um, is it's going and, and um, but so, yeah. So that experience was like, I, I had, we, we play two shows a night or this set or whatever you work at night, but then you have lots of free time. Right. And this, and what I learned from that was time management. Like I said, like you, I spent the first, I did it for six years. I spent the first one and a half, two, kind of going, let's go to the beach, man. Like, I was 22. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, I made it. I did it. Uh, after, like, a period of, like, getting there and going, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And then practicing my ass off, memorizing everything to make sure I could stay here. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of like you level off and go, all right, well, I, I'm comfortable with all this stuff. Like, I'm doing my job. So here we are. And then you kind of get into a groove of, you know, I'm in Key West tomorrow. I'm in this tomorrow. I'm going to go enjoy this. And absolutely, it's great to do that. But then after a while, after year three, year four, year five, um, like I have a girlfriend now who becomes my fiance, um, you know, I, I start to go, where am I, what am I going to do next? Right? And it's, it became an environment of like, it's like a dorm. It's like a floating dorm, right? It became that. It went from that to being like, uh, I wish I had my own space, like I do right now, to hang my Majora's mask on and have a, a conversation with you guys. Have like my equipment, my practice room, all my stuff. I I start to want those things, and I go, How am I going to get there? And we, you know, I apply for this master's degree, that, or figure out like, Oh, I have a bunch of friends in Las Vegas from cruise ships that sort of, cause there's a kind of like an exchange kind of thing that happens. There's a lot of entertainers that go back and forth between Vegas and ships. Um, what I, yeah. So I from, from that whole experience is just, I learned how am I going to get there? I'm doing what, and actually I'm doing it right. How I said, like I planned the next five, six months of my life. I did that on cruise ships. I went through um, history of Western music and I Ooh. went through every chapter Oh, I remember I, that I had that I book. Listen to yeah, it's propping up my monitor right now, because um, it's well, you know, um, excellent resource. But I knew that I had to get these like entrance exams, so I'm like, how am I going to do that? I figured out here's how much time I have, and I ended up like every day going and at this particular spot at the back of the main lounge where I knew there was no guests for X amount of hours. Like I figured out like when they open the doors, when it, when it's like not accessible to guests and I like set up my little space and I had that space to myself. Right. Um, 
so I figured out within the limits of working on a cruise ship, like how to how to go and 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 use my time efficiently. Um, and that's just something. And it, here's the thing: is like that's done for you when you're in school. It's like you have a schedule that they give you after you sign up for your courses, so that's already done. But like you can, that's the reason that formal education is sort of a little bit more efficient that way because you have deadlines you got to do it now and here's how much time you have um you can do that on your own it just takes and, and it can be more relaxed it can be more intense it's up to you but um that's one thing that just sort of you, you sort of take the reins on your on your own thing and and uh you can you can do anything <laughs> so that's what i learned i think Dude, that is so cool. And like being able to be on that cruise ship and then travel the world, get paid to do, and then after you experience that, then making the transition to the next stage of your career and understanding for the students out there that you don't always have just one thing that you do out of high school or out mm -hmm. of college and then you do that for the rest of your life. Your career, yeah. your wants, your needs, they're all going to evolve. Exactly. And that's just part of being a human being, right? Yeah, man. Um, because so I, part of when I was 20, sorry, keep a train of thought, but when I was 20, I just like that was if I can, because I knew about the cruise ship gig, I'm like, I if I could just do that, that's all I would need. And then six years later after doing that, I'm like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> it was the opposite. It was like, I don't, I felt like I didn't need, and I was of course very grateful for the opportunity. And it, again, it's like, yeah, you're seeing these places, you're meeting people from every corner of the planet, which is the, probably the best part of that. Um, and you're making pretty decent money doing it, playing saxophone, right? <laughs> like how, how, how many jobs can say you get this paycheck after playing saxophone all week? Not many, right? And they're dwindling even. But what were we going to say? Sorry. Actually, I was just going to transition into talking into careers. And that one in particular that sounds so interesting. Like if somebody wanted to play music on a cruise ship, like what would be the process to do that? Um, it has changed so much in, in just... Uh, just the past 10 years or so, it's, it's changed quite a bit. Um, I applied directly to the company that I work for, Carnival. Um, like, that. they literally went to their website and they, they said, here's the, here's, you can book a time and like, blah, 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 upload your resume stuff. And then you get, kind of like any, any other job, you would get past this stage and then go to this stage, blah, blah, blah. Um, but in, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I think that most of them are doing exclusively, they're working with like agencies. Um, there's, the, there's like Landau Music is one, Lime Entertainment is another one who is actually the founder is a buddy of mine, uh, Sam Rothberg. Um, they, they are sort of, they're agencies that, that if you, it's not just that you, they're, they're the go-between, they're, they're like, they'll listen to, they'll, they'll give you the material, they'll, you'll play it for them, they'll give you feedback, if you're not good enough, they'll go, here's what we just work on this stuff, go and figure out, like, if you can't play on 12-bar blues, you need to learn how to play on 12-bar blues, we're not going to teach you that, but, you know, that's what you need to do, and you, they can sort of work with you to, to, 
get you to where you want to be kind of thing. Um, as far as I know, I don't, again, don't quote me on their exact services they provide, but, um, yeah, look up like cruise ship agencies, Google some stuff. Um, I'm not the authority on that anymore. Um, because it's, again, it changes the, the gig itself. Um, and I could, again, I could talk for ages on that. I won't, but briefly it just went from being like when i arrived it was a 10 piece uh orchestra that i i would play with um where it was like a six horn section and then a rhythm section and then we would do sets and blah 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 so you'd have like a fairly big thing there's little there's much fewer um horn horn uh like you know uh, trombone trumpet saxophone positions available um, but I know that last time I checked, Carnival was doing like sort of like they had a uh, three, three piece um, horn band where they would play with like tracks. It would just be the horn players playing in this lobby and then the rhythm section would be playing somewhere else on the ship. And then sometimes they would come and play together. That's kind of where I the last time I checked, that was the sort of vibe, uh, at least with Carnival. And there's lots of there's there's some variety with different companies that a lot of them will just sort of do what the other ones are doing um, to compete. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, that's the vibe. Uh, that's how you would kind of look into that, I think. Okay, cool. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing your wisdom with all of our listeners. Um, of is there anything now that you've shared and, and given to the people uh, in the audience, is there anything that you're looking for in particular for you? Like all the listeners out there, if they were to reach out into their skill sets, into their networks, what are things that you're looking for help with that hopefully somebody might be able to help out with? Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, it's not just like, what are you plugging kind of thing? It's more like, what are you a good question um i don't know um like to help me with particularly or like and, yeah like is, are there opportunities that you're looking for are there you know people with certain skill sets that you're looking to add on to a project like because with all the people oh i see yeah i am you never know who's connected to who right and how can somebody say hey maybe my cousin is a programmer that's looking to work on a game jam and coincidentally you know you've got one you know what i mean right um i mean what i would say is like uh if there's any i i'm constantly no well not not recently because of all this like scheduling stuff that i've had to do for myself but uh if there's like animators out there if there's people making short films um not just to say like hey i can provide service it's more like because i i reach out to people on instagram a lot where like i follow a lot of like cg artists and and animators and stuff because i i i always want to sort of like practice sound design because i am like a musician a composer but i'm i'm Still fairly new to the sound design thing. A couple years experience, but I've always wanted to get more practice. If there's anyone that has, like, any need for, like, just... uh, It's not, like, a paid thing, but, like, if they need sound or want to see their um, uh, 
animation with sound or music, hit me up. Because, like, I, I love, I, I do that anyway. I reach out to people anyway, saying, like, do you, like, I love this little, and it, you know, a lot of times it'll just be like a little couple seconds of a, of an animation that they did that I'll add some foley or add some sound effects to, but it helps me get used to, you know, doing that. And I think, uh, and a lot of people, and it's been really well received. If, so basically, go to my Instagram and, and just be look at what I've done before for people. Um, and that's that's the stuff that I love to sort of practice. So that's that's one thing that I would I would say. So cool. Yeah. And man, that's holy shit! It's already been over an hour that we've been chatting <laughs> yeah. together. It's uh, it's crazy how fast these conversations go it by. Is. Right? Yeah, and I found that with my my podcast. I had to have a two parter. Episode two was a two parter because I couldn't. Red Circle wouldn't let me upload the <laughs> file was too big, so <laughs> I had to. I get it. Struggle is real. <laughs> trying to keep it under a certain amount of time. But you know, that's the beautiful part of having a podcast is you can have multiple episodes. You can have guests yeah. on multiple times. Yeah, um, and yeah, de- like definitely love hearing about your journey and you know all of the things that you're doing and look are looking to do. Um, and well, thanks, yeah, I, I'm just like. For me, and I'm sure Byron feels the same way, just like being honored that you'd spend, you know, some oh. time out of your week to, to hang out I with feel us the and same. have this conversation. Um, I feel so, the same, man. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much, um, Mr. Byron. Thank I know you. this is, uh, we're, we're past the hour. My apologies for not being <laughs> no, a no, no. closer. Hey, that's time. all me. That's all me. That's uh, a <laughs> tangent guy over here. That's uh, all good. Sorry you for the editing you'll have to do. Yeah, you didn't see it, but in the background I said, we're past an hour, but this is pretty interesting. Let's keep it going. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Second time. Thank you. Don't worry. This time the episode is <laughs> will be saved. We will yeah. we will make sure we have uh we have the recordings and everything. Um and I, yeah. got your, I got the Yeah. And, we have two Zoom recordings. The the uh, oh, I guess we're not on Zoom. We're on Discord. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say I have my my portable thing as a backup recording, so I'm gonna send you that. Just yeah, know how to do that. Cool. But, and um, uh, as, no. what's up? Oh, I was just gonna say thank you for having me on. And uh, I I'm in my own podcast. I'm trying to talk about myself less, so maybe this will be like a catharsis for me. <laughs> just like get it get it out into the world, so I don't talk about myself so much. On my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tough balance for sure. But um, yeah. I, it was it was interesting. I loved having you on here. Um, and Thanks. as for wrapping up, um, can you go ahead and um, remind everyone the name of your podcast and yes. as well so, as like your website and your um, where can people find you? Basically, your uh, yeah. your reel. So I'm uh, uh, my website is michaelspicermusic.com. Um, you can find basically everything. Everything to do with me there, uh, I put it all there. Um, my my podcast, there's also a podcast tab on the website, but the podcast, if you want to search it on Spotify, iTunes, whatever, um, is uh, Spice to Meet You. And then uh, I also have like just all my sound design stuff on my website, but I have like things like if you wanted, um, uh, I have free uh, transcriptions that I've done, saxophone transcriptions. Just I have the PDF, the actual files. You can just download them right from the website. So just 
I have a whole spiel of like you should go and transcribe stuff yourself, but they're there if you if you're interested in that. Um, I do music prep. I write charts. So if you're a singer, uh, especially in the Las Vegas area, I've I've in the middle of uh, helping uh, one of the fr- my friends from one of the shows I used to play uh, put together a Motown show or a Ray Charles tribute show on a on a cruise ship right now. So I did all the charts for him, and uh, I do that kind of stuff too. So um, yeah. MichaelSpicerMusic.com, Spice to meet you. Uh, social media, I'm at uh, Instagram. I'm at uh, Michael Spicer Composer. Um, and then I think Twitter, I'm Spicer Audio. I can't remember. <laughs> I think that's awesome. It. Yeah. Cool. Thank you Thanks. so much. Um, all right, Thank guys. Thank you. <laughs> that concludes this episode of the Empowerer Podcast. And just wanted to remind you guys, we are on basically all the social platforms. We'll post this episode on YouTube a few weeks from now. So if you're not, if you haven't caught this uh, live on Twitch, you can also tune in on there. Um, and again, you can kind of get updates on where we're at. We post on TikTok. We actually will post um, a few days before to promote um, the guest for the weekend. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for watching, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Peace out.